Ladies and gentlemen, dear friends, as I came this morning to enter the United Nations, it was, as always, when I come here with particular pride that I looked at that row of flags flying in front of this building. For so many decades, the flag of my country, Latvia, was not among them. Latvia had been a member of the League of Nations before the Second World War, but the battle between the two totalitarian powers, the Soviet Empire in our East and the Nazi German Empire on our West, meant that the two forces fought on our territory, went back and forth, killed civilians, drafted our men into their armies and sent them to fight against each other, decimated our population, drove many into exile. After the war, the United Nations, newly founded, created a world order that tried to at least preserve the peace that had been obtained in 1945 and tried to prevent another world-scale conflict. And this became ever more urgent as nuclear arms were invented. They had been put into effect already at the end of the Second World War. And from then on, the world lived under the threat of that nuclear mushroom. It also lived largely divided into two opposing camps, that of democracy and free market economies and freedom, and that of communism, a totalitarian system, a one-party rule, and loss of all the freedoms that we so value in the West. But that division was also increasingly supplemented by the rise of nations that too had not been represented in front of this building with their flags. And that was a period of the end of colonialism, when new countries, one after another, got their identity, got their name, got their place in the sun and their seat at the United Nations. And increasingly, these nations became a third force in the world, frequently required to align with one or another of the great blocks of power. With the collapse of the Soviet Empire, we have yet another wave of new countries finding their freedom, like Latvia, now proudly flying their flag in front of this building. And our people finally having a chance to be heard, of recovering our voice, of having our say in world affairs. I feel particularly grateful and honored by the Secretary General's having asked me to be a special ambassador to encourage reform for the United Nations, because Latvia, having only joined it since recovering its independence, is so fully aware how this organization that has been growing and evolving in a growing and changing world needs to grow with it, needs to change, and now is a window of opportunity for all nations to come together, to take courageous decisions, to take a stand, and to ensure that in the future, 
the United Nations will be a place where every nation on earth can be seen and can be heard. But beyond the fact of having their seat and their flag and their national emblem, that the nations living under these emblems have a chance to survive. We have just heard the tragic story of what happened in Rwanda, of unbearable cruelty, genocide, inhumanity, that the United Nations, unfortunately, was not able to stop, was not able to intervene in time. We know that there is genocide going on in Sudan at this very moment. We know that in many parts of the world, the voice of women in many countries is simply not heard. And even though their nations have a seat here at the United Nations, half of their population does not really enjoy the rights that all human beings on this planet are entitled to have. So that there is a great deal to be done to ensure that this great organization truly stands for all nations on earth, but for all human beings who live within these nations. We have to get the structures and the administrative capacity and the capacity of intervention that it will allow certain values that we all have been able to accept, which we have all been able to proclaim that these values prevail in the world, and that the United Nations, when it takes decisions, when it adopts resolutions, also has mechanisms and also has the will and the ability to intervene, to impose them, to carry out sanctions or any other intervention that may be necessary. The United Nations needs the instruments to establish peace where genocide is going on, it needs instruments to maintain peace so that a few years later uh, the same genocidal tendencies do not come to the fore. And I, as a psychologist, would conclude by saying the United Nations and all nations on Earth should invest more into the understanding and the study of human behavior. Because ultimately, what happens in the world is based on the behavior of people and on decisions that individuals take. It is an individual who decides, will I take a gun and a machete to kill my neighbor, or will I stand up and risk my life to save that of others? It is individuals who propagate either values that we all admire and respect, or who try and instill hate and suspicion and poison the minds of generation after generation. So that apart from everything else, what we need in the world is understanding, education, and communication among ourselves. Apart from all the official structures, we need people-to-people -people contact and a constant reminder that humanity, after all, depends on each and every one of us, on the decisions we take in our lives and an influence we have on others. And to you, young people gathered here, this would be my parting message. Remember that you, like so many you have heard during these last days, you too can make a difference in the world. The world is waiting for you. Go to it.